Life Audio. In due time, it will lead to a deep settledness in our spirit and a keen concern for the bruised and the broken in our society. So I urge you, my reader friend, be brave enough to learn humility. Be strong enough to learn humility. Be courageous enough to learn humility. Be compassionate enough to learn humility. I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. And after a quick word from our sponsors, my guests, Richard Foster and Brenda Quinn, and I will be back to talk about humility and what Richard learned when he spent a year seeking to discover this vanishing virtue. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Richard Foster is the founder of Renovari and the author of several books, including one you probably have heard of, Celebration of Discipline, which has sold over 2 million copies. And he has just released a new book that we're going to be chatting about today called Learning Humility, A Year of Searching for a Vanishing Virtue. We also have Brenda Quinn with us today, and she is a pastor of spiritual formation, and she is also an author. And she walked very closely with Richard as he wrote his book, Learning Humility. And so I'm excited to have both of you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for making some space to be with us today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Jody, And for wanting to think about this important virtue. It is an important virtue. And it's a hard one to write about. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. I want to start with how much I love that you are doing these interviews together. And I want to know, Richard, why was it important for you to have Brenda be a companion in these interviews? Absolutely. The last thing we want is an expert on humility. (laughs) (laughs) 
right. it doesn't work. We're all learners. We're all uh, trying to enter into the this important subject. Brenda had, uh, as I was writing, I asked her and several others to just read along and give me any comments or thoughts as we went. And her her questions, her challenges, her uh, way of expanding the ideas uh, felt so good. And I wanted uh, for there to be several voices. Um, and Brenda uh, brings a pastoral sense that I like very much. And uh, her church is a wonderful church uh, in the Denver area. And uh, I just felt that voice, uh, the voice of a woman, it just helps us to frame and think about this topic. So that's why. Mm. Besides, I'm I'm way up there in years, and I want somebody to rescue me. I have trouble <laughs> getting three sentences together. Well, I love all of the reasons that you just said. As a woman who has served in pastoral ministry for many years, I'm really grateful for men like you who advocate for women to use their gifts. So thank you for that. I'm sure you feel the exact same way, Brenda. <laughs> I would love to know from you, Brenda, what drew you in and made you want to, you know, give so much of your time and energy to commenting on this work that Richard was doing. Well, I loved his topic from the outset when he told me he was just rolling some thoughts around and keeping a journal and just running his thoughts by a few people. Um, I loved the thought of someone writing about this subject because I, you know, most of us haven't read much on it and we don't hear it talked about a lot. And yet if we know God's word, well, we know that humility is talked about a lot in scripture and we we're, we're all people of our culture. And so we know that um, our culture doesn't really support the growth of humility overall. So I respected that Richard would tackle this and that he would be eager to step into this journey himself personally. And I think for all of us, you know, we had a small team of four or five people who were reading along with him as he wrote, and um, it didn't take long for all of us to get pretty deep into thought about this issue and ex looking at ourselves and um, it becomes personal really quickly. And we did it over a period of about, of about three years. So it oh, wasn't wow. quite like reading a book where you just read chapter after chapter. We We had gaps in there all the way along the journey. And so it gave us all that time to just have it on the back burner all mm -hmm. the time and be thinking about it and praying about it and reflecting as we watch life happen around us, as we watch our culture happen around us. So it, it ended up being a really great way of taking this journey right along with Richard. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the topic because humility is a really hard thing to write about. And <laughs> I want to know Richard, where did this come from? Well, it really, I mean, I'd been thinking about these things for a long time uh, and was asking the question, why through the Christian history, this has been so valued as a most basic foundational virtue. And in our day, it's barely mentioned, mm -hmm. as Brenda uh, shared with us. And I mean, if you, if you just think, how many sermons have you heard 
on humility. (laughs) It's not going to reach the top 10 (laughs) list of anybody. And and so I, I was wondering about that. Why this difference? And then uh, it it just came up uh, New Year's Eve time when I was thinking a little bit about New Year's resolutions. I'm not good at those; they last about a week and a half. <laughs> and uh, but I was just wondering about it, and then I just felt addressed with two words: learn humility. Mm. And I thought, oh, I think this is something that I should pay attention to. And so, uh, and it, it kept growing in my mind. And, uh, so I felt maybe the Lord wanted to teach me a little bit about this and, uh, and let's see where, where it goes. And in the beginning, it was almost whatever stream of consciousness. I mean, I was just it, have an experience, write it down, read something and, uh, and I had a little journal that someone had given me for a New Year's gift. And I, uh, and I'm not good at journal keeping. I have a dozen or so over on my shelf that are half done. Uh, but there we go. And, uh, and so, and then I brought Brendan and some others into the picture and, uh, and we had a fun time. <laughs> Mm. I wasn't in any great rush. I was just trying to learn from it. And uh, now I, I had in my mind a year's worth of thinking and praying and reading, studying. As it turned out, because I'm way up in years, it took three years instead of one. <laughs> well, I think probably the yeah, the incubation, letting it be a slow process, which is one of the things I really loved about reading the book is I felt like I was just companioning you on this journey as you were learning and pointing things out and reflecting on what was happening in your own life. One of the things that I love is the conversation that you had with your son. I think it's way back at the end of the book when you you finally tell him Hey, I think I'm writing a book on humility. Tell us about that conversation. I just laughed out loud. <laughs> that was so funny because I was very careful about who I talked to on these things. And when I mentioned it to Nathan, he said, Oh, that'll make you famous for sure. And it was just a first, it was just a joke about who in the world is going to want to read or study humility. I mean, this isn't a very good gift book, you know, (laughs) I want to give you this book, you desperately need it. It wasn't that kind of thing. And, And there was a deeper question he was asking, which really was, uh, the kind of conflict of humility that emphasizes anonymity, uh, hiddenness, those kinds of things. And, in our day, book publishing, as you know, the first thing they ask is not, can you write well, but do you have a platform? Yeah. <laughs> or do you, or they don't ask, do you have something to say? It's, is there an audience that will read this? And, uh, so, and that was, uh, one reason that I found, uh, that book, The Cloud of Unknowing, an old book, uh, so interesting because there was no platform. There was, we don't even know who wrote this. And uh, 
yet it here it's endured several hundred years, mm-hmm. and isn't that lovely? <laughs> but that uh, they that person wrote about humility quite a bit in that book, so I just uh, that was a fun read. It it is interesting to write about something that is really this quiet hidden virtue, and writing about humility almost rubs up against the actual nature of humility. Exactly. And yet we so need that wisdom. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why I thought the way mm. that you wrote it, I am sure it was just the Lord's direction. And writing that as a journal, it wasn't wisdom well. from you all knowing Richard on high telling us how to be humble. It was come alongside me on this journey. And that was uh-huh. the only way to do it. Uh, it is the only way to do it. You got it just right. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back to continue our conversation on humility as we discuss what Jesus teaches us about humility. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Brenda, I'm curious, how has this impacted you as, as a pastor currently? Where did humility really challenge you or change the way that you're having to live into your ministry role or your life? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> well, you know, it's so it's so funny how when when God um plops something into our lap, so often it's something that has already been something simmering in our hearts and our minds. And, you know, I guess for all of us as followers of Jesus, you know, humility should be something that's always simmering because it's, it's part of scripture and it's part of Jesus character. So if we want to be Christ-like, you know, if we want to grow in Christ-likeness, it's a, it's a huge part of it, but you, you just, you can't live in this culture and you, I don't even think you can have a job or a ministry position or anything today without having to bump up against this issue of humility because the messages of our culture are always telling us that we have to self-promote and we have to be self-focused and we have to be almost aggressive in what we do and the way we pursue the things that God's, even that God's calling us to, whether it be, you know, whether it be secular things or Christian things, um, just the way the messages are kind of the same Mm -hmm. in both worlds, I think. And so I think for all of us, it's just, well, okay, Lord, you know, how do I, how do I live this out? How, how do I be faithful where I'm called in this world, but be faithful to being who you're calling me to be, um, as a, as a carrier of Christ, as, as someone who's living out Jesus' life in this world. So, um, that's, that is so true for ministry, just as much as anything else we do. It's a part, it's a part of everyday life and, and it's a part of how we lead people you know, how we guide people both as, as models to people and just with our words and with our, mm-hmm. our messages. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's so disheartening in our culture. And you guys have touched on this a little bit is humility is not valued. It's not valued in the Christian culture. It's not valued 
because everybody wants you to have a platform and and the successful pastors are the ones leading the big churches with all the followers and people downloading all of their messages. And I don't think that is success in Jesus's eyes. And yet we can't untangle ourselves from that. Or it's very, very hard to. Jody, you, you've uh, put your finger right on it because, um, I mean, this is a way of life. I remember in a little, uh, it was a pastoral search committee. They were choosing a new pastor and I was just sitting in listening. And, uh, one of the persons who has a, Deep, I mean, the questions that were being asked had exactly those ramifications of uh, your platform and how good this person is and so on. And uh, then this fellow asked, do we ask them about their prayer life? And I thought, ah, he put his finger right on the issue, the kinds of issues that we need to be thinking about. And that's, you know, humility, humus, the earth, being close to the earth uh, so that we're free from strutting. We're free from trying to prove that we're important. We're free from all of this fall to rot that we do. You had uh, mentioned to us earlier that you'd done a, a meditation on scripture on Matthew 18, that wonderful passage where Jesus takes a child and says, this is greatness in the kingdom. If we will learn to humble ourselves like a child. Now, isn't that the beauty? The child who's free from any need to promote. I mean, you you get two or three kids together. They hardly know each other. They're in the sandbox playing. They don't have to prove anything. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of freedom of life with one another that's so important. And, and humility is is a key to that uh, mm-hmm. that process. Yeah, thanks for bringing in that passage. It It is such a beautiful passage. You know, the disciples come and they're like, Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And even that question is jarring because you're thinking, what, what's the motivation here? Why are you even asking that? <laughs> the the motive, let me, let me guess a motivation for that. When, when people are talking about who's the greatest, the real issue is who's the least. Mm. I may not be the greatest. I just don't want to be the least. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't want to be on the bottom. That's right. Of the pecking order. <laughs> Jesus mm. called a child and said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children. Now, that's when I'm sure you worked on that. Uh, how is it we be- can become like children? You won't enter the kingdom of whoever becomes humble. That's the point that Jesus is after like this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that lovely? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brenda, do you have any thoughts on that that are coming to mind? 
Well, I, you know, I think about this passage in the context that Jesus was speaking it in, which in those days, children were even less important than they are today mm. in terms of their standing in society. And so it was even more shocking to those disciples to hear him say that. But even today, I think, you know, I think about, I, I do a lot of ministry with children in my church as well as adults. And we sometimes have a hard time getting volunteers to work with children because it's just not as it's just not seen as 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 important as the ministry to the adults and i get so frustrated with that because in my eyes i i'm just like what what can be more important than ministry to children you know mm-hmm. i i just love that no matter what we're reading in the gospels about jesus he he's always turning everything on its head you know that upside down that um our thinking always has to usually mm-hmm turn around from what we would naturally think here in this world that we live in. Yeah, that's good. It is. He does that. He's just constantly challenging us. Carolyn and I, uh, at one point, were involved in a little startup church. And these this was a ragtag group of people. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a lot of uh, difficulties and sorrows. And so, I told them, here's here's the ministry I can give. In the middle of the service, I'd like to get up and go over, go out to the nursery and just pray for the babies mm-hmm. because they've had a lot of difficulty uh, from parents that uh, just had plenty of problems. And uh, so each Sunday, just to go in and watch those who are caring for the babies and then now and again when it's right to just touch their forehead and speak a prayer maybe of healing whatever and you look at these little ones and wonder what am i looking at here mm-hmm. is this a future mother teresa is this a martin luther who knows but just to pray for them and for their well-being Hmm. That was fun. That's a great <laughs> thought. Thank you for sharing that. Some of, some of the kids would start screaming when I come in the room, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> but I'm sure they're happy with the prayers now. <laughs> I love that you used the Lakota calendar to help guide you through this process. So tell me a little bit about how you chose that and about the Lakota people. Sure. I do have a little bit of background in Native American, not Lakota, uh, Ojibwa, but um, I don't know. It was almost, I, you might kind of call it a, a a divine accident if there's such a thing. <laughs> uh, because I, I just thought, oh, you know, the Latin uh, Gregorian calendar, you know, January, February, it just... I I wasn't too interested. So I thought, why don't I choose another calendar? And I looked at five or six, I suppose, Native American calendars. And I really was drawn to the Lakota calendar. It's uh, a connection to the earth. uh, And it's 13 moons instead of 12 months. But it's basically the same schedule. And... uh, and that then I thought, well, if I use that calendar, why not learn a little more myself? Now I had read 
some books, but mm. uh, learn more about Lakota. And I confined my, I mean, I focused my energy or thoughts and study uh, on the Lakota and the Black Hills and how the Black Hills is such an important feature for the Lakota people. Many of the sacred sites are there in the Black Hills and uh, how it was stolen from them. Uh, it, and that's, it's well recognized historically now. And, uh, and so I, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. wrote a tad bit about that. I had, uh, read, uh, uh, Black Elk Speaks, which was a wonderful book from the thirties. And, uh, Black Elk was a great leader in the, among the Lakota. And, uh, it's funny. Uh, this was years back when I was teaching at the university, and I taught a course on the book of Revelation as I was just reading personally the book Black Elk Speaks. And I was amazed, especially in his great vision, the similarities between the book of Revelation and Black Elk Speaks, that book. And uh, Interesting. So when this came around, I decided, why not? and see what I could learn. And Richard, tell them how, how humility factored into the Lakota, because that's that's the, the oh. part that's such an amazing part of the divine accident of you choosing them. I, I came upon the Lakota virtues. Now, the number, this is an oral culture, so some talk about seven and some uh, have different numbers, but the 12 virtues of the Lakota, and the very first one is humility. I didn't change the order. I was amazed. And, uh, of course, because it's an oral culture, uh, these virtues are passed down by storytelling. Yeah. I mean, I love the stories that you wove in the book. And I, I mean, many of them brought me to tears. I, I was grieving for how oh. the people had been lied to and treated and, um, yeah. taken from and killed. And so I thought, they were a good illustration yeah. of perseverance and, and in a lot of ways, humility to wait and to sustain. Right. Brenda, what did you learn from the Lakota people? What what stood out to you as you took that journey? Well, I, I really appreciated all those quotes that Richard put in about the, the various virtues at the beginning of each chapter. He focused on the next virtue each month that, that they upheld and included some quotes and stories. And I think it was just such an affirmation that the spirit of God is at work in all people. God's truth is is resident in the spirits of people. And yeah, we, we've got sin and yeah, there was violence in the Lakota culture, just like in all of our cultures. And they weren't perfect people. We can't idealize them any more than we can idealize any, you know, any people group. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely evidence of that, that spirit of God and, and the beauty of God and the integrity of God that he calls us to living life with. I, I I just, that came out so clearly and so beautifully in some of the things that Richard included in the book. So just a reminder of that God's truth is God's truth for all people, no matter where, where they're at in that process of coming to Jesus, coming to know him and worship him. Mm-hmm. A great reminder. All truth is God's truth, yeah. period. We look for that in any culture, in any group, for those things that are consonant mm-hmm. with the gospel message. 
and those we affirmed for a little while, I was among the Inupak uh, Eskimo people, and uh, I would watch and see uh, the cultural things that were consistent with the way, the gospel way. And then there are things that were disconsonant, and we learned to turn away from those. And that's true for our culture, too, for Anglo culture. There's things that are consonant and things that are disconsonant. And uh, that's part of the discernment process that we go through. Uh, and humility is very helpful here because it, if I could use another word that speaks of humility, teachability, mm -hmm. see, if I can be teachable, that's, that's one of the reasons it's such a basic virtue, humility, because we learn to be teachable. That's how we grow. You know, we're in the season of Lent and we're at the beginning of Lent. Mm -hmm. And obviously humility mm -hmm. needs to play a big part in the season set aside 40 days, 46 if you're counting our Sundays, but for repentance and renewal. Right. I'd love to hear just your thoughts on or your encouragement uh, for anyone listening as they're in the season of Lent about how they can lean into maybe the practice of humility, discovering humility as a way to help them prepare their hearts for Easter. Well, Pastor Brenda. I was just flipping in my book to The Cloud of Unknowing. I really like, can I read a quote from there? I really, this is short, but mm -hmm. don't flinch in the face of the tremendous work involved in self-knowledge. Get to know yourself. It's backbreaking labor. Embrace it. Through it, you'll experience God as he is. I don't mean you'll know God completely, but when you get to know yourself better as the mortal human you are, your soul grows in humility and you will know God as fully as possible on earth. And I, I think that that's part of that process of repentance is, is that honesty in looking at yourself. Later on in the book, um, there's some quotes by Andrew Murray, and he also talks about pride and right. that pride is the biggest tool of the enemy in our lives to to bring us from God. And yet, if we can come to a place of humility, he says, nothing sets a person so much out of the devil's reach as humility. Mm. Just those those two, you know, those two sides of the spectrum. I think this time of Lent, where we're focusing on just humbling ourselves, bowing before God being honest about who we are and being in a spirit of repentance because of the great solemnity of, of how Jesus humbled himself and came to this earth for us and did everything hard. He became human when he didn't have to. He could have stayed in glory as God only without being human and all having all those limitations mm -hmm. and the sufferings that he did here on this earth because of what he did for us we can also humble ourselves in that same manner and be honest and open and repentant toward him. And that's where we enter into that deeper knowledge of God. It's that's, I mean, we shouldn't think of that as an awful process to go through because if we can come out of it, knowing God in a deeper way, right. we're all the better for it. Who who wouldn't want that? Right. right. Good for you, Brenda. That's a good word. Yeah, that's so good. Oh. Thank you, Brenda. Richard, do you want to add anything? I was going to add a whole bunch, but Brenda just put it together so well that I think I'll let it stand. 
<laughs> All right. Perfect. So Richard, you end the book with what feels like a bit of a benediction. Really, it's more of a cross between an exhortation and almost this fatherly encouragement to your readers. Uh, and so I would love to have you just read that over us in closing. And then Brenda, I'd love for you to pray for us. Would you do that? Well, the passage was when I, I was actually just so thrilled to think that here's a subject that isn't very popular today. And then to, toward the end here, people have actually read a whole book on this subject. And so uh, I said that in due time, it will lead to a deep settledness in our spirit and a keen concern for the bruised and the broken in our society. So I urge you, my reader friend, be brave enough to learn humility. Be strong enough to learn humility. Be courageous enough to learn humility. Be compassionate enough to learn humility. Well, Lord, we just come to you um, today. Thank you for this time, Lord, reflecting on Jesus really is what we've been reflecting on today, Lord, because Jesus embodies humility. And Lord, as we um, have been thinking about your words from Matthew 18, I pray those right now for all of us, Lord. You, you told us unless we change and become like little children, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a child inside of each of us, Lord. And I pray for each one listening today that you would bring us in touch with that child who is in us, Lord, that that child who is naturally humble before you, Lord, and connected with you in a strong and abiding way, Lord, that is simple and that is honest and true. Lord, help the trappings of this world to fall away from us as we reflect on this scripture, Lord, as we ask you to embed the scripture within us, Lord. It's something that we cannot do on our own, but through your Holy Spirit, Lord, through your work within us, you can do that in us. And our greatest desire is to draw deeper and more in love with you, Lord, and more faithful to your life within us. So uh, we commit ourselves to you today as your children, Lord, and um, we speak this with joy. Thank you, Lord, that it, it is all for the joy that um, that was set before you, Lord, and what you came and did for us when you took that journey to the cross and then rose again. Mm. So we look to you today, Jesus. We love you. We bless you today. And yeah. we thank you for going on this journey with us. We pray, pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good prayer. Mm. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Jody. It was so fun to have you both on the podcast today. I don't know if fun's the right word. It was really good for my soul to have this conversation with you today. So thank you for making space for it. Thank you so much. Great to be with you, Jody. Indeed. Well, friends, I do just want to let you know that IVP, which is Richard's publisher, is graciously offering so much more listeners 30% off and free shipping for the next two weeks. So you'll find all the details for that in the show notes. There will also be links for how you can find Richard and Brenda and the work that they are involved in in the show notes as well. 
And then I do want to just take a quick second to thank the team of Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. And if you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts, shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and even this one on scripture meditation and thoughtful conversations. So friends, as always, thank you for joining me and Richard and Brenda today on So Much More, where we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.